What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 117 of Cali Brick Click. And remember, before we get into it, you can find this episode on our previous episodes anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio. But now, soon, you'll be able to listen to this on, like, Apple Music. Oh, sorry, YouTube Music. If you hmm. anyone here uses that app for anything, um, the podcasting is going to be a big push within the next, like, couple of weeks with YouTube. So... Okay. keep that in mind <laughs> you can now listen to it properly on youtube without having to watch you know the video content or if you know don't want to waste your data blah blah you can use that app but like always we have ninja yeah, yeah. we would have had claire if she wasn't moving around so <laughs> she apologizes and she'll you know she'll be here in spirit but today we have coconut brick studios how's it going man it's going good i'm excited to be on here i'm not gonna lie i'm really nervous i don't do a a ton of podcasts and I don't really know either of you guys super well. So like I was sitting here, I was like, I haven't been this nervous to do something in a very long time. So wow. I'm hoping I, I make sense of myself and don't make too much of a fool of myself. Don't worry. I edit through these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as you make me look good, I'll be fine. Yeah. 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 No, I, I don't like, like, I don't like to make the guests uncomfortable. So, you know, but like, <laughs> I just want you to be, I want you to be cool and calm. That's why they're not live. So, um, but anyways, uh good to have you man i'm a big fan of your work i love your mocks uh it's been a long time since i've kind of watched you from the beginning but like who are you yeah i am ethan from coconut brick studios i i feel like i've been around a lot of people maybe know me or know of me but don't know me super well because I've, I've been on youtube since 2019 which for some reason i still feel like i'm new and then i see all these other newer channels starting and then i think about like how long ago 2019 was and realize. I've been around for a while. So I started the channel back then. It was just one of those things of like, I was bored and I needed something to do. And so my wife was like, Hey, you should start a YouTube channel. Cause I had been watching a couple of channels and I was like, I was talking to her and I was like, being a little, a little jokingly of kind of like, Oh, I can do this. Like, you know, they're not doing anything out there. I couldn't do. Cause normally you watch someone like some of the other channels or like professional basketball. There's no way I could do what they do, but I happened to watch these. And so, uh, started out on uh, there 2019 just doing reviews speed builds just the classic typical uh youtube stuff which there's nothing wrong with i mean like you know there's a lot of people out there who are kind of lost in the sauce and very intimidated with like trying to create content on youtube especially now i feel like the entry level now for youtubers on in, in any space is like relatively high right to be for noticed sure. like your, your quality has to be up there your audio your visuals what you what you're saying and doing i feel like to be noticed to stand out amongst the other channels you have to at least be there somewhat and i always tell people like look i know you don't want to do reviews but that's a good way of like just practicing making content you know what i mean like just talking to a camera finding you know your comfortability with like speaking it's like public speaking mm -hmm. for one because you're I know you're essentially just talking to nobody, but in essence, you are talking to everybody. But, you know, to, yeah, if you look at everyone's, like anyone out there's oldest video, they're all horrid. <laughs> Unless they came out with this, uh, you know, with practice with social, with uh, making YouTube videos or anything close to that realm in like another space or another channel. For the most part, everyone's early videos, their, their personality isn't really carved out. To what we are noticing them now today and they're not as comfortable as they are today so you know anyone out there like if you're trying to make content uh whether lego or not you know it's okay for your first couple of videos to be trash because it takes a while to kind of fine tune them later down in life when you finally have like you know something you can be proud of you can start shopping them and unlisting them from your channel so no one else sees them but you know it's kind of cool to like see how far people have come with the channels yeah. you know especially within a couple months to a year a lot has changed. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. they changed. Because if they didn't, then <laughs> they're going to fall through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But so, yeah, anyone out there, start doing reviews. No one's probably going to watch them, but at least you can carve out your craft better and you'll become a better YouTuber. So that's cool. Uh, practice. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to, see, to hear, like, Ethan say, like, yeah, I just did reviews. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a lot I of mean, us do that. I, I think you nailed it on the, the, the head of, like, starting youtube is not about other people it's about you it's like those first few videos are going to be all about you figuring out who you are as a person who your character is going to be what kind of stuff you enjoy doing 
So don't worry about like, oh, no one's going to care about my Naboo Starfighter review. And it's like, probably not, but that doesn't matter because those first few videos are all about you and finding your niche, finding your style. Because I didn't, you know, my first videos weren't mock building videos. I actually, when I started doing YouTube, I was like, oh, I'll never do mocks because I knew I was like, my mocks would never be good enough for YouTube. Like I wouldn't want people to see that kind of stuff. So I just started with reviews because reviews are pretty easy. You know, you have the information there. You basically just say what you like, what you don't like, and you do different shots of the the set or whatever but then once i got into that and really started get to get that creative fire i was like well maybe i will try some mocks like maybe that could be kind of fun and i got more comfortable with myself and i was like yeah maybe 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 i could do this and my first mocks were bad but i purposely left them on the channel and i always point people back to them of like oh i could never get this going I'm like go look back at my old videos like you would think i was 13 years old but i was i was a grown <laughs> adult building those and so i just so that- that's good that's that you awesome, leave that man. there. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. That's it's a good reference point, especially because, like, you know, like I said, people are intimidated to like come on here. People are intimidated to showcase their mocks. People are intimidated, and it's always cool to see, you know, any of the greats, even like you know, professional sports or actors, to see their earliest footage or you know, games, and just see how much of an improvement they can make, and it's motivating. So, um, before we get into your mocking, because that's going to be a heav- heavily talked about topic right now, what is your Lego story? Um, let's see. I mean, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. I started back when I was like eight. I got Anakin's Jedi Starfighter and Vulture Droid for my birthday. It was that between that and Atl- like an Atlantis set or underwater set. And for some reason, that was just like a big pivotal moment for me. And I think back to it of like, I could have gone the direction of like Atlantis and those lines, or I could have gone the direction of Star Wars because I bought that set just absolutely loved it. Who knows? I might've gotten back into star Wars anyways, but it was just from then on, it was like, that's all I wanted was star Wars stuff, but it was really expensive. Like even back then, like the castle stuff was cheaper. Power miners was cheaper. And so over the years I accumulated a lot of like castle stuff and I'm really into fantasy, red Lord of the Rings, all that good stuff. So I, I kind of, I had more of a childhood focused around that than so much star Wars. And so when I hit like 14 or 15, my other friends, Got, you know, they put their Legos away, video games, girls, sports kind of entered the scene. And so I, I followed everyone else. Like I was like, all right, this is cool. But the one thing that kind of frustrated me at the time was it seemed like everyone else had grown out of Legos, but I only became more obsessed with them as I got older. So while other people found these other interests and like started thinking about what they wanted to do with their life, I was like, I, I love Legos. Like I want to build Legos. So I was kind of like a closeted Lego fan for a few years. I'd buy sets in secret and I'd build and I kind of had these two alter egos of like, you know, the Lego side and just the normal side, playing basketball, doing all that other stuff. And then uh, when I turned 18, I went, served a service mission for my church and then came back. And that was kind of like uh, adulthood had arrived officially. And I went to college. and I was like, okay, no more Legos. I got to take life seriously. I got to get a job. You know, I got to like, no one's going to want to date this dude playing with Legos. It just wasn't top of my priority. But I had the childhood Legos still. Like for some reason, I couldn't get rid of them. I kept thinking like, oh, I could sell them. I could give them to my brothers. But they were still there on my shelves. And then went to school, you know, 21, 22. I got married when I was 22. And then that's kind of when life really started to settle back down for me. Because, you know, when you graduate high school and then kind of go out into the world, you have these very formative, very changing, just volatile years doing different things. And then I got married and kind of the routine came back into my life and just like I I had my job and then I was like, man, I really feel like something's missing still. I just, I just, there's almost like this hole in my heart. I couldn't really think of a better way to explain it. And um, I brought my Legos over with me to the apartment that we were living in. And like, I brought them out one day and I was like dusting them off. I like pulled a few minifigs out. I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. And then I just, I kept bringing them out and then I started building stuff with them. And then just out of the blue one day, I was like, oh, I'm going to hop on eBay. I haven't been on there in a while. And I bought the uh, Imperial Shuttle from 2015, Tiderium. And that was like the set that got me back into Lego. Like I couldn't have picked a better set because that one was pretty reasonably priced at the time. It's a great build. It's still up behind me, like being displayed. You know, I have the UCS one, but that one still, I feel like holds up pretty well and was such a cool set. And I was like, wow, Lego is awesome. Like these are so cool because... I don't know. There, you know, there's a pretty big uptake in the design and quality of Lego sets over the years. 
And so I grew up playing with a certain kind and then I saw these other ones and I was like, oh man, these are awesome. And then way from there, mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about before, I started watching YouTube videos about Lego randomly because my wife loved YouTube and she watched all kinds of YouTube videos. And I was like, I didn't really know a whole lot about YouTube. I'd watched videos and stuff, but it was mainly like my way to watch sports highlights or like clips of the office yeah. or something. I didn't realize there was this whole like personality Super. side. And this whole influencer side. And then I just got hooked with Lego because I was like, wow, it's influencers, people, which is interesting vlogs and Lego, which I love. And the first two people I watched were probably most people like Chang Bricks and MR Productions watching both those guys. And I was like, I, I think I could do this. And I, you know, I showed it to my wife and she was like, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know, because I've always been very big on like, it's hard for me to do something for fun if I'm not making money or just benefiting in some way. It's hard for me to just do something yeah. just for the fun of it. So I was like, I'm going to spend all this money on Lego. And like, I wasn't even thinking about going full time at that point. And so she was like, you should just do it. Just start. And so I started, that's actually why my name's called coconut is because she loves all things coconut, like the flavor, the scent, the smell. And so I just, I threw that in as like a little homage to her as like, thanks, you know, for uh, helping me get started. And then from there, just reviews and all that good stuff. That's interesting. I think you're the first person to say that my wife made me start this. Yeah, it's not a it's that's not it's common. a very rare situation I come to learn. And I sometimes I wonder if she regrets it. Well, yeah, I was about to ask because I like <laughs> for a lot of us who you know whose spouse or partner aren't really into the you know the hobby, you know, the one by five, I guess you would say before they started making one by five. Um, like you know, it is to justify all this, it's it's not easy, you know what I mean? Like my wife would be totally happy if I were to stop. She would know, I mean it would hurt her. To like see me sad about it, but I mean, that's why she allows it. But like, for the most part, she's not into the hobby, you know. And there, there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of couples out there who are both into the fandom. But like, you know, this takes a lot of money up. This takes up a lot of time. But also, like YouTube and content creation, whether Instagram, uh, YouTube, or you know, wherever you, you decide to throw your stuff out there, that's another hobby on itself, and that takes up more time. So mm-hmm. to have a spouse who like a pre- like that you know, we'll find a balance in allowing you to do that. You know, it's also very rare, you know, and to, mm-hmm. for you, that's just very interesting to hear that, you know, she's the one to be like, Hey, you should yeah. try this. Shout out, yeah, to Coconut. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Miss Coconut. <laughs> I mean, she, she's been very supportive of it the whole time. I, part of the reason is because like, I really wanted to find someone of a similar mindset of like breaking outside of the norm, as far as what you want to do with your career and what you want to do with your life. So I really wanted to find someone who, you know, was okay with something like this. Cause you know, YouTube isn't, I mean, it's definitely becoming more mainstream, but it isn't like the traditional pillars of the American workforce. You know what I mean? And so that was part of it too, is like, she saw that like I, she had that same mindset of like thinking outside the box and trying to figure out a way of combining what you're passionate about with how you make your money to kind of have the best of both worlds in a sense. Yeah, that's a that's a very mature way of looking at it. That's that's really good. <laughs> well, good luck to both of you. It looks like you guys are going to be doing really well for the rest of your Hopefully, life. We'll um, <laughs> I mean, it's, you're starting off well. Um, did you like let her know about your Lego fandom or or love for it before you guys when we were doing courtship during the, uh, the gray area? Yeah, that, that's the, like, <laughs> the gray area. Yeah. I feel like you know the. Yeah, somewhat of a dark age, somewhat not, because you always you said you're in a closet about it, and like you yeah. were, you loved it, but you weren't like how you are now. And then you know you found your wife or you know your partner, and then eventually, I know she kind of saw you grow into it, but you know, like my wife, like we we've known each other since high school. We're kind of high school sweethearts before we like split during college and came back together. But she always knew I was into Lego. I had, I had, a, I had a Lego city in my mm-hmm. room. Like it's not like this, but like it, it was a Lego, Lego, Lego town, I guess you would say, like on the bed. Like I wasn't ashamed of it, and she knew about it, so it wasn't that I didn't have that much of a. I need to sit you down for a second, so I want to let you know <laughs> <laughs> I have this love for a plastic brick and a child's toy. Like it's, it's I'm okay with that, you know. But and, we need but talk. to another level, to like this level, you know, like how was that with you and your, your relationship? Sorry to pry. Yeah. I'm just curious. No, no, it's it's all good. Um. It was really just like a, it came about naturally to where like, so I obviously didn't bring it up when we were our first few dates. That's the last thing I'm about to bring up, you know, like I got all these, I got these Legos in my room, but like, you know, she'd come over and like, she'd be in my room and stuff. And I had, I had a Republic attack shuttle and a couple ATTEs on my shelves. And Mm -hmm. so she like knew, 
oh, like he played with Legos as a kid or he played with Lego. And every time we'd go to the store together, I'd make her go to the Lego aisle and I'd go look at the Legos. I never bought anything. I just, I wanted to see like, you know how it is. Like you can't go to yeah. the Lego, you can't go to the store without just taking a glance. And so no. every she, she would always tease me like, oh, we got to go to the Lego aisle, right? And I'd be like, yeah gotta go so like <laughs> she knew like there was like uh, maybe a past love or like an affinity to it but i honestly mm -hmm. hadn't really accepted that i was into lego myself either and so i think for both of us it was like oh yeah remember the legos when you were a kid like here's this piece of your childhood and like she didn't realize and i didn't realize like no it's still alive and well it's just kind of buried underneath other stuff yeah, that's interesting maybe that's why she got you into it because you said you had like this this whole that you needed to fill and so she maybe seen that and she's like you know what maybe this will help complete him in a way you know mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right i mean i worked a job that i hated so she could see that i was pretty miserable and then she saw how happy i got with the lego and was like oh maybe like she obviously didn't yeah. she couldn't have known no one could have known like it would explode <laughs> into this but she just you know saw like oh no, yeah no, maybe no. that'll you know give him something to do in the evenings or like he can throw up a couple of reviews and stuff like that so curious, are you, were you always, were you a Star Wars fan before Star Wars Lego, like Die Hard or afterwards? Um, that's honestly, I'm still trying to figure out that myself because it's like, they're so interconnected. I try to mm -hmm. separate them and I'm like, okay, if Star Wars wasn't a thing, would I still build Lego? And if Lego wasn't a mm -hmm. thing, wasn't I, would I still be into Star Wars? And I think it's the Lego is what got me into Star Wars. Cause I watched the movies. I mean, yeah. I'm, I've, you know, kind of old. So like, I remember the prequels coming out and stuff. So there wasn't a ton of content when I was really young. And it was as I got older, Attack of the Clones came out, Clone Wars came out, and I got more and more into it. But it was definitely loving the idea of being able to build whatever I want and create whatever I want. And then Star Wars was just that perfect melding of like, okay, now I have this place to build. Now I have all these uh, ideas and designs yeah. to do. And then I as I brought as I kind of worked more into that world, I fell more in love with it. And just like, the intricacy and you can tell how much passion George Lucas had for it. And that kind of bleeds into you yourself. And so, but I think, I think it's Lego at the end of the day, like is where the true passion is. Cause if I don't collect anything outside of Lego that's star Wars related, I have a couple posters and stuff, but I'm mm -hmm. just not really interested in like the black series figurines or like the clone trooper helmets. Uh, and yeah. so I have to think that like, I think Lego is at the root of it. Also cause that stuff costs a little, a lot of, yeah. And that stuff's a lot more expensive. Like <laughs> I like, wouldn't even like, I wouldn't even think of trying to buy that stuff right now. Right? It's like, should I get the dark saber, or should I buy this ATT? So, what yeah. should, should I buy? Uh, for most of us, we'll probably choose the Lego over that. But um, no, I told totally him. I remember watching, like, I mean, as a kid, like, because I was born in the '80s, like, so as a kid, you know, I wasn't into Star Wars. Like, I guess like a few times, like you know, after school programs, when like my mom couldn't pick me up from school. <laughs> because she was a single mom so i had to stay with the after school program they play like a new hope every now and then and it was boring right but it yes. wasn't until <laughs> right it, was, it wasn't it wasn't until the revival of it like the late 90s before the the prequels where they revamped the uh the OG, oh, the original trilogy and then like you know they they, they fixed a lot of the digital stuff they kind of added some like effects and cleaned up the uh special effects and stuff like that and the sound that I went to go watch in the theaters and I actually had this experience like Star Wars in the theaters watching four, five and six, you know, because of the remasters of them. And then that started a little trigger and in interest, right? Because I didn't really know what it was. Maybe it was Taco Bell. Taco Bell had a huge marketing for Star yeah. Wars back then. And <laughs> so then the McDonald's. prequels came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McDonald's. But, but then the prequels came out and that was like, whoa. And then Lego Star Wars was like, oh, this is cool. And then that went to my dark age. So, <laughs> for this stuff. yeah, but no, it's, it's interesting to see and to ask Star Wars fans, especially Star Wars YouTubers, like to, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Was it the Lego or was it love for Star Wars? So for you, it was essentially Lego. And then, yeah, because the there were times too, where I'd like, I wouldn't want to collect Star Wars and I'd only ca mm -hmm. collect Castle or like there were all these other things. So Star Wars came and went, but Lego always remained. And so, mm -hmm. I think it's grown more now that it's harder to distinguish because I just absolutely love Star Wars. But like definitely as a kid, it was it was more like Lego. Well, with like YouTube in general, Lego YouTube in general, the Star Wars faction of it is very strong and very huge. I, I think the loudest one all of them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like in oh, comparison yeah. to the Yellow Niches, you know, the, the level of maturity is starting is like a hit or miss. 
<laughs> but the, the 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 amount of support for any content creator that actually makes something great is there. Like you can't you can't make a good Star Wars video and not expect it to do decent on YouTube. In my opinion, like if you watch a good Lego YouTube video, it has a lot of views and a lot of support. So and if you read through those comments, <laughs> it's a hit or miss again. It's like you could like they're you know very vocal. We like they either oh, yeah. really like it, they really don't. <laughs> they really um, don't like it. That's what I find fascinating with like Lego Star Wars versus like everybody else, um, especially the mansplaining. It's like really heavy. If you don't know what you're talking about, like you don't want to mess up what you say, especially lore wise in oh, Lego Star Wars. If content. you mess up lore wise, like I um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I got some of these Senate commandos for Coruscant and I accidentally mm -hmm. called them clones. They're not clones, right? They're just regular volunteers. And oh, mm -hmm. I got lit up. People are like, no, no, no. Like, you don't understand what you've done here. Like, <laughs> you're gonna pay for your sins, buddy. Like, they're not, they're not, don't even. And I was like, you know, sure, correct me or whatever. I just find it funny that, you know, it's like like you said, people are very more than willing to correct you if you're wrong with like the lore or stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people just wanna just wanna up you in something, you know. Like, yeah, they wanna be included or bring something yeah to the yeah table. so for me i'm like okay thanks for the um you know thanks for the uh, uh engagement <laughs> to the video yeah. just just yeah don't get me wrong i love when people correct me it, i just thought it was mm -hmm. funny that like i got about 30 comments and it's like you would think after they were scrolling through all the comments and seeing everybody else saying it they wouldn't have taken the time but like, they just you know <laughs> wanted to add they wanted just to, add, to add something oh, yeah. yeah um before we get into mocking again you just mentioned in there that you went full time what brought you to that level that was a long process because when I first started YouTube, um, and it's hard to remember, honestly, like it's starting to be kind of a blur, but uh, I, I mean, I remember this. I remember you like getting into like the full time mode and I can't, I can't believe it's already been that long. <laughs> I know. I, I'm yeah, honestly surprised so. I'm still here, <laughs> but uh, so um, you're, you're obviously winning. So go ahead. Sorry. When man. I started, like when I started YouTube, it was just whatever. And then very quickly I realized like, I've never been so passionate about something in my life. It's time to like be serious about that. And I was like, one day I'll make this a career. And then a couple of years went by and like, I went back to school for like digital media and uh, graphic design and stuff to help with it. And it was always just like, Oh, one day, one day I'll go full time. And like, I continued to work these other jobs that I just hated. Um, Cause you know, you gotta pay the bills. You can't play yeah. with Lego all day. And so uh, it got to the point where I was really tired with my job and I wanted to quit, but I was like, do I quit and just get another job that I hate? And then like, when is this going to end? Because in my mind, I had this idea of like, I'm just going to keep doing YouTube until I'm making as much as I, my other job and then just quit, which that just, that's not how life works, right? You're not going to put in part-time effort in YouTube and then slowly it turns into full-time income. That's, that's, that's not how that works. And so last year, uh, 2022, May, April, May of 2022, I was really trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life and kind of like the channel. And I don't know if either of you guys watch Star Wars Theory. He's yeah. like, you know, yeah. I don't watch yeah. him very much, but I do enjoy who he is as a person and like kind mm -hmm. of his journey. And he made this video that I randomly turned on and he was talking about how he sold real estate, like big high end real estate. So mm -hmm. he was working with a lot of really rich people and making good money. And he said he felt like he didn't contribute anything to his life or anybody else's. And so he quit that and started doing YouTube full time. And like he made the necessary sacrifices in order to make it work instead of waiting until like it all worked out. And I realized like it was like this lightning bolt moment of wow, like I, I'm in the, I'm kind of in the same boat of like, I can't wait for YouTube to like slowly rise and come to like fruition. I need to put in the work now and I need to really commit to this because part of me hadn't fully committed because it was a really scary idea. And like, I yeah. didn't know, cause you know, at that time I wasn't making a ton of money on YouTube because I was doing it part-time with my other job. And so I kind of just had to take that leap of faith and be like, if this is what I want to do with my life, this is the time to now take that chance. And obviously there were a lot of factors that went into this. I didn't just wake up one morning. I'm like, yeah, I want to do YouTube full time now. Like I took into account, you know, me and my wife, we went over budgets. We went over like what things we'd have to do. I made sure she was okay with it. And so it was a long process, but ultimately that was the thing that pushed me over of realizing like I have to sow the seeds before I reap the fruit. In a, in a way of speaking. And so last year, June 13th, 2022, I went full-time on YouTube and I'm actually coming up on my one year mark, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Like 
there are a few things that I've been this excited about in a long time, just because that means I did it, you know, for a whole year. And I was able to, um, cause I feel like I'm finally starting to get to the point where this could be sustainable. Cause in the beginning we had some savings and we had some other stuff, but like I was not making very much, but luckily I was able to, I got some lucky breaks with some videos. I was able to really refine and put out more content and kind of tap into a side of YouTube that I wasn't able to before. Because when you work part-time YouTube and work part-time with something else, you're giving half of yourself to both things. And now I was able to fully invest into one thing. And so I just, yeah, I, I had a lot of uh, good stuff happen. Um, I really figured out like, okay, I need to appease the core audience and I also need to appeal to the the new audience. I don't know how much you want to get into all that kind of stuff right now, but- uh, Go ahead, it's all you. Um, okay, so like I realized, of course, uh, these building updates aren't what are going to bring my channel to the next level. They're what going to retain people who come to my channel and kind of slowly over time build it. But when I went full-time, I realized I don't have two years to slowly accrue these subscribers at the rate I've been going. So I needed to tap into the more viral building challenge Lego video because challenge videos just in general, as you guys know, are super popular right now. Yeah. And so I was trying, I've been trying to figure out like, how do I apply that to what I do? Because for a little bit of time there, I was really stressed because I was like, I need to hop onto this new train of like this new style of content, the TD bricks, the sacred bricks, this kind of stuff. This is where it's at. And this is where I need to be doing. And then I realized like, you know, I, I had a, gr a great community around me of like, I come here for you. I come here for this this is what I like. And I was like, okay, let's, let's not, you know, let's not uh, overreact here. Let's take what's good about that and apply it to what I'm good at, which is mock builder. That's, that's about it. Like I've tried so many other different kinds of videos and that's what sticks. And that's what I'm the most passionate about. And so I realized, okay, if I create one to two mock challenge videos per week and then put out my course on updates or my mock building update, I can kind of appease both sides. And that's, kind of been my vision for how I want to structure this channel is like, I want to stay a mock builder. I want to do what David does. Jay does, but like they've been doing it for 10 years. I don't have, you know, 10 years yeah, to slowly accrue and just YouTube's different now. Like it's, mm -hmm. the way you grow is different than it was then. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at right now is like trying to figure out the more trendy videos and doing a couple of those while staying true to like the core audience, which is funny because it's gotten to the point where my course on updates are typically my best performing video. So I was about to say like your, your, your large mocks um, are like your high performers, which is interesting that you bring that up that you're trying to So one of the things that I, I noticed when, if you look at their overall channel from the, from the side, right. When you think of like a large star Wars YouTuber mock builder, right. You just can, you just think in your head, you know, updates to a large mock, right. Over the time period. For you, you add videos as filler in between, not saying they're actual filler, but they're like shorter yeah. videos to make, That's you know, they're, they're, you know, it's something to feed and keep the attention that you're still here, it keeps the algorithm going, promoting all that kind of stuff. And then you do do like, you know, the, the thumbnails, the, uh, the titles, the, uh, you know, the content, like the exact thing that you're doing with the, which is the challenge videos. But when you make your video, you just mentioned that you're doing like the TD bricks or trying to emulate some of the you know aspects of their equation. You, I do see that, but unlike them, which I think for me, I like better is that you do it in a more digestible way. Like for, for me, and I've said this multiple times here, like I can't watch a TD bricks, sacred bricks, any of their videos for a very long time. Like, it's very like you have me into a certain point, And after that, I just can't watch it. Cause I, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm looking at anymore. It's just, it's moving too fast for me to comprehend for you though. It's, you know, a little bit more slower pace. You still add the quips, the the sound effects, the visual changes to memes of different, you know, the office. And then, you know, but it, it's not like overdone. It's not like 30, 30 different shots in a second. You know, it's like you're, you're explaining yourself what's happening. And, you know, for a lot of mockers, it's like city builders, mockers. A lot of them, they explain what's happening throughout the whole thing. And. You, you do a little bit of it where like, you know, you're moving around, you're holding the thing up, blah, blah, blah. But then you also add the speed building in there. And then you have the little sound effects meme. What, and then you say these random lines. So you do have an aspect of attention grab, which is like the eight second rule, which I throw people out there all the time. Like you have that, like, I'm not just listening to you talk for like eight seconds. You do throw something out there. So your content is like very easy for me to watch. And I don't mind watching it. It doesn't make me want to be like, uh, I'm about to have a seizure. So... 
Um, not to say that, that. yeah, not to say that the, the TD Bricks uh, equation type of videos uh, formula is wrong or anything. They power to him; he's making it and he's bringing a lot of people in. But yeah. you know, I like watching. Like Claire said it to me, I like watching people for their personality, right? I, I'm attracted to people's content based on who they are more so than what they provide. And when I watch content, when it's no personality, like they're just showing me something like I'm more inclined to watch Jang now than I was back then. He's got more, he's got, yeah, the most personality I agree is, is right now. And it's like, I'm actually mm -hmm. more interested to watch his videos now. Cause I'm like, I like Jang, but like before it was like robot Jang. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause before he wasn't, in the, you know, before Coppa, he wasn't in the shot. You know, yeah, he's very basic. It was just there. Now he'll like, and he has other type of content now. Like he doesn't need the set right now. Like he can just go on lego.com and just start critiquing yeah. at it, which I'm like, oh, finally, like he, he could actually make content without actually having to send in your hand. Um, and then, you know, he says his, you know, pros and cons. No, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, like that, that's what I'm attracted to when I watch people's content. And you do a great job of that. So I just want to let you know that, like, I like the videos where you like kind of throw random things in there. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm like videos in between your giant mock series. Mm -hmm. Like it's good that you are thinking about that type of stuff. Because I said it earlier that there were a few large YouTubers with giant mocks out there, right? That, that do mock content. Um, and then whatever happens, they move on to the other one. Every now and then they throw in a set review, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't really, I, I mean, kind of like you do like uh, more mods, <laughs> yeah yeah you do stuff like that which is interesting so your your channel focused on mocking like almost 99 percent. oh yeah i mean it, you did do a q a with your wife which was cool too so um, that video did terrible know, and i realized okay okay people don't want to see this all right it, it was like a, a hard a hard mm. left on like yeah. what your normal content was right i right. think they were just weren't expecting that um you and know most so, people don't really subscribe for that either. It was just one of those things where I was like, you know, it'd be fun. Like every once in a while, it's fun to throw in those videos that are just a really different experience to make. Cause then it's very mm -hmm. refreshing because yes. I'm sure you guys know how monotonous yeah. it can be to film the same video. And it's like, I'm outside mm -hmm. dropping things off sheds. I get to hang out with my wife in a video, which, mm -hmm. you know, that's more time we get to spend together. Editing style is different. So it was just one of those things where I was like, I honestly thought it would do better than it did, but, uh, the end of the day it's just that's it's, it's not your norm no but you're right you you do have to throw something out. like i have content like i know for a fact this isn't gonna do well but i want to do it and i'm gonna enjoy the process and mm -hmm. you need some of those to kind of keep you motivated and to like keep the fire lit you know to mm -hmm. to, yeah. to keep producing the content that people want to watch i always feel like it's important i know claire will probably be like no that's wrong you're gonna hurt your channel <laughs> but i'm like nah you know sometimes you just got to do something for art's sake right that that helps keep that fire because if you don't keep that fire lit and you, your channel could die, you could just get to the point like we've seen it. How many channels have we seen leave? And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's why, but I'm saying you can see you can have a flourishing, successful channel and lose that passion. And so that's one thing I've really tried to be aware of since going full time is making sure not to lose that because I got mm -hmm. pretty burnt out in like September through December, just cranking out challenge video after challenge video. And I was like, I realized like I really don't enjoy this. And I'm like, I'm living my dream job right now and I'm very unhappy. So something needs to change here. And I realized like, okay, I need to take, I need to enjoy this experience more. I need to like be more focused on putting out video content that I enjoy. And that was fun for me. Like I did this video a little while back where I took the Lego ideas globe and I turned it into a separatist core ship, which yeah. the, that's not a very popular set. That's not a very popular ship, but like, I thought it was fun and I thought it was a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And so the whole process of it was a lot more fun and sustainable because I had something to look forward to. And the video surprised me and uh, did really well. But like, that was one of those videos where I was like, regardless of how it does, and it was expensive. I had to buy that set brand new. Oh. So, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about passion projects, right? Right now, you have a passion project that you haven't touched in over a year, which I'm sad about, which is Coconut's Kingdom. My greatest what shame right now. <laughs> what is that? Okay, so I'm a I'm a I'm not a castle guy. A lot of people like to consider me a castle uh like you know YouTuber kind of. I'm not really, but I just have a large black falcon army black that I'm just that's like my thing. But like, you know, like I don't feel like I should be in the same realm of all these castle people like Breaking of Bread or like, you know, Mark and Steven. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not a castle bro. Like, my knowledge on castle is like, it's it's there, but it's not there. I just like building armies. 
But I was watching as I was building this army, which was like last year also. I saw the beginning of what was Coconut's Kingdom, <laughs> and I was following along until you finished it, <laughs> or the just facade of it, with a promise of more. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I just left happened. everyone hanging. Yeah, no, but I mean it's fine. I get it. I mean it's not. And you said it from the very beginning. It was a passion project, but you had you're mindful of your content. So let's dive into that. Yeah, sounds like so like what is it? Yeah, what is it? What is it? For sure. So uh, Coconut's Kingdom, for probably most people don't know because it's tiny, is like my little side channel. I have two channels. Kind of like I talked about growing up. I was huge into fantasy. I love the Lord of the Rings series. I read just about anything fantasy I could get my hands on. And so I've built, growing up, I built tons and tons of castles, just any kind of castle I could. And then I grew up and got into Star Wars. And from the get-go, one of my focuses with my YouTube channel was I'm going to focus on one niche because I saw a lot of channels trying to fulfill many niches. And to me, you know, people can do that. I get that. But it just like felt like for me, my best bet at being successful was to really carve out a niche in the Star Wars community, in the Star Wars realm. And so I didn't want to focus on anything else. And so I put everything on the back burner. But um, I've been reading, I don't know if you guys know who Brandon Sanderson is. He's like a high fantasy author, but he, he, he put out a, you know, he's got an ongoing trilogy that I got really into, which is castles and knights. And so I got super into that. And this was while I was doing star Wars, YouTube content. And I just didn't really like the idea of throwing in ran random castle videos into my star Wars channel. Cause like what we've talked about brand theme channel sustainability and stuff like that. And I knew this was not like a, uh, like a temporary itch or a temporary passion. Like I knew deep down, like I'm going to do something with castles. And so I decided to just create this new channel, but I wanted to really make sure from the get go, I, I told the people watching like, look, this will be when I'm excited about castle building. This will be when I've got the juices flowing because black Falcons had just gone onto the pick a brick wall online, nope. pick a brick wall. So I was going hard on those, you know, <laughs> and I was really excited. And so I had all this influx of black cat Falcon knights. And so I wanted to build a little castle, but then like I was doing two other series. So that castle didn't turn out as good as I would have liked, but it was, it was a good start. It was a good, yeah, it was great. It was a good introduction to like the YouTube castle side for me. And mm -hmm. then kind of unexpected that year I went full time on YouTube. And so I was like, okay, I can either focus on videos that make me money, make you money. <laughs> or I can focus on videos that don't make me any money at all. Cause I have a haul that I need to do on coconuts kingdom. And I have another mock. It's a Viking mock. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's like halfway okay. built. And so I need to finish that. So I do have like things for it. I'm just kind of waiting until I really establish myself with this channel and I can afford to pull back um, on the uploads for like a month or two. And then I'll focus more on Coconuts Kingdom and like throw some content out over there. But like the main reason I That's built it then is because I had this feeling like, okay, years from now when I'm much more satisfied, this channel... Like it'll have been slowly accruing subscribers and views all mm -hmm. the way back then. Whereas if I had waited to start it then, I'd be that much further behind, if that makes sense. So it was kind of oh, like yeah, no, totally yeah, planting this seed for future Ethan in a way. Yeah. yeah. Might as I well mean, plant it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that you should sleep on it, but I think if you're going to do anything Viking related, you should do it soon because of the new Viking set coming out. You know, it's going to create some hype. Is there a new Viking set coming out? <laughs> yeah, the Target Ideas exclusive. I don't know if you remember that. But like, the yeah, there's a no, not the boat. It's a like a fortress what? that we voted for. Yeah, so Vikings are going to be coming in hard as far as attention. No way. I had no TV, idea. So if you're going to do that, you should do it. Now. Yeah, Damn. for real. I didn't know that. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you if you need Viking helms, the the Viking the, the CMF twenty is it twenty? The expensive Viking, the latest one. Yeah. Yeah. So the helm the helm for that, uh, which also which actually comes in the Sanctum Centaurum set. Is on pick a brick. Oh, really? So if you need that oh, helmet nice. as, po as opposed to, to the creator out. one, um, it's not there right now because I checked last night. But like, it's it it consistently comes up every now and then. So just keep that, you know, available if you if you need those helmets because they look really good. I mean, I just added Vikings to my army, not a self plug, but it is, uh, and I love it. I think Vikings are amazing. Vikings is my like, one of my favorite shows. So you know, I'm oh, hyping yeah, you man. up to do Viking because I want you to post on that. Yeah, I got a, I've got a sealed Viking set. One of my goals, like one of my long-term goals is to recollect that entire line of Viking sets. I don't know if you Ooh. remember those came out forever mm -hmm. ago. Well, I mean, I, I, was, I was in like Dark Age for that, but yeah. I do. The Fortress one is my White Whale. One of my yeah, White Whale. Yeah, that one's really cool. Um, I learned from the Castle Bro people 
that it's a lot of uh, Bionicle uh, influence in those builds. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Just be careful. Yeah. yeah. When you build it's like the dragons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they look amazing. Um, so I, I hope you do post on that. I just wanted to throw that out there. I got to get around. Uh, you're not the only one. I have people like, where's Coconut's Kingdom? When's it coming back? I'm like, well, I mean, right now's the time. We have the Lions, the Lion King, uh, Lions Castle. And then we yeah. have like, you no, know, Castle's here. Like, it's people are, are interested. There's a hype. So um, I know Brick and Up Brad, like, he will say, if he was here right now, he would be like, the more people are talking about it, that means Lego's going to keep it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, because there's not a lot of people that, make great content on castle like you'll see a lot of it on instagram on you know on instagram (laughs) (laughs) like good content creators of like you know really hyping up castle like as a whole like people will like myself like i'll throw in a little bit in there but like like dedicated castle channels they're they're only they're few among many so like i would not i mean not and that could also be another source of income if you can get it to that right. point like you're almost at a thousand right on that one yeah just <laughs> over halfway i'm like 590 something yeah you're almost there that's that'll be easy yeah. just tell everybody to <laughs> go subscribe over there right quick and just do a couple live streams and that's exactly. monetized <laughs> so um but so one thing that you're known for is your large mock creation so as someone who's not i wouldn't consider myself a mocker at all i i build every now and then but i'm starting to build like my own castle like an actual castle so what is your process in making these large mocks from like beginning to finish? So I start, typically I start the next project when the previous project's like three quarters of the way done, 80% done, because it takes so long to plan and to get everything figured out. And I like to be able to order parts for both mocks at the same time. So while I'm building one mock and ordering in parts, I, instead of paying for shipping for two separate orders, I can just include the parts. So I start planning. I kind of form, I, I like to throw down a few ideas. So there's, when it comes to, I guess I should probably start with like picking the idea because that's the most important thing to me. So there's a few main factors. The first thing is I have to be really, really excited about it and really want to build it because over a nine month build process, no matter how excited you were at the beginning, you're going to lose steam at some point. So it needs to be there like sustainably of like, yeah, this is something I want to see finished. And then two, it needs to match up with what people want to see on YouTube, with what's trendy, with what with what gets ex- people excited. Because I could build the biggest, um, like, I don't know, Star Wars mock ever. But if it was like, I don't know, a Tatooine mock or just like just some mock that isn't super popular, it's not going to get that hype and it's not going to get that that sustainable uh, viewership that's going to sustain the series throughout the, the entirety of it. So like those are the two main things I focus on. Then the third one is kind of like, it's not as important, but it's still important. Like, is this doable? Is this practical? Like, am I at the current skill level to be able to achieve a good end result? Because like, take for example, Coruscant, what I'm currently working on. I couldn't have done that a year ago. I just wasn't ready skill-wise. I wasn't confident in my ability to do like an urban city build. And so those are the three main things. So when I finally find a Star Wars scene that lines up with all three of those, then I kind of hone in on that. Think about it. I'm like, yeah, I like this. I just, I get this feeling like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. And so then from there, I start the design process, the planning process of like, I can't recreate a scene one-to-one, right? I can't do a one-to-one representation of the scene. So what key aspects of the surroundings, characters, vehicles do I want to include so that when people see this, even though it's not the exact recreation, they think, oh yeah, I know what this is. I saw this in Star Wars episode two, or, you know, I saw this in the Clone Wars TV show. So I start to plan, you know, figure out some prominent structures or some designs like with Coruscant that one was tough because we don't really see a whole lot of the ground level of Coruscant we have recently with like Andor and uh, uh, other shows but um, there isn't a whole lot of reference material there so I kind of had a lot of gray area that I had to fill in the blanks with basically the only thing I knew that I was going to include was skyscrapers and the senate building so then from there I have to decide like what's going to look cool what's going to interest the audience What's going to make this look familiar? Because you don't want to build something too weird. People are just like, I don't don't even know what this is. So, And then from there, I just get in and I start building. Uh, One, I do about one update a week. I'm very, like those things are very important to me. Like I have to be so sick I can't move to not get a weekly update out. Because I've had a weekly update out consistently since I started doing them back in 2020. I've kind of hammered out a very specific 
um, what's the word format for those episodes because I've I've known for a while that like that's what I wanted to do with my channel. So I wanted these to almost be like a weekly TV show episode that like people got excited about. People sat down like they made time out of their day for this. And so that means you need a very high production value. You need it to be very entertaining. So I started to figure out like, okay, how do I create a narrative within the narrative of, because, you know, I'm building a mock, there's your narrative, but like, what's, what's the, how's that going to come together? How's that going to interest my audience? And so I've broken my updates down into an intro, a minute and 30 to two minutes of time-lapse footage with a voiceover and then about a three to five minute progress update. And then we jump to another time-lapse, another progress update. I've just done this because I found like, what's the best way to keep the audience engaged, but then still explain and entertain and like update them. Because if you just do the talking portions, people are going to get bored and they're going to want to see me actually build. But if I just do building, you're not really going to know what's going on. It's You're just not going to be as immersed. So I've found kind of like intermingling those and kind of like constantly switching it up kind of keeps people entertained. And then I try to focus on doing something interesting or like making each week interesting somehow. Like what way am I, what, like, what's your reason for clicking on this? Cause I take, you know, I take this seriously of like people are sacrificing their time to watch my update. So I'm not going to give them some boring thing just so I can be like, yep, I got another video done. I made my money. I'm good. Like what is their reason to watch this and then come back for the next episode? So if I can, I like to think of some big problem or some issue that I need to overcome or maybe like something crazy will happen. Like I've been kind of lucky with this and I've made some really big mistakes, which, you know, made for a good, exciting, like mm -hmm. clickbaity title and thumbnail and stuff. Mistakes and so I try to, good. yeah, yeah. Mistakes are great. Like mistakes it sucks at the moment, but then after I'm like, yes, this is going to be sweet. <laughs> drama, drama works. Yeah. Drama, like trying to find drama mm -hmm. because I, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to find drama if you're not willing to like, make drama where there isn't. And so it's like, how do you find mm -hmm. drama with mock building? And so that's kind of how it is. It's like the problems like, okay, I have this. I have no idea how that's going to get done. We're going to figure that out this week. And then after all of that comes the outro where I kind of talk about how I felt, how that week went, what it did to me, what, it, what happened to the mock, and then kind of talk about what's going down in the next episode. And then I just, you know, throw those out until the build's done. And then comes the, the final, the most important process is the finale. And that's like the big walkthrough. That's the culmination of all these weeks. And I do, I like to do three things. So I do a trailer to hype people up, get people excited. Then I do the walkthrough and then I do the cinematic. The walkthrough is where you get the story, the Easter eggs, the details. The cinematic is where you just get to sit down and enjoy something awesome. Just, you know, some, some sweet shots, some good music. Mm -hmm. And then usually by then I've already started planning the next mock. So then I leave it up. I like to leave the mocks up for about a month month and a half and then i start taking them apart and then i'm on to the next one you don't like take them to like conventions or anything like that no uh they're too big they're way too big like the one i'm working on right now is almost 10 feet long so uh, so you don't you don't keep in mind of how to like how to dismantle it in sections to be able to display it somewhere that's that's tried? like that's like the newest thing that i'm working on so this is the okay. first mock that i've built in a modular way to where i could take it apart because mm. i just I've never like I never really thought too much about going to conventions or doing like mm -hmm. showcasing bills. That's been a very recent thing. And so like I think uh the back third of Coruscant is modular so I could take it apart. I'm gonna be able to move it around and stuff. But for the most part, I was just so focused on like growing the channel and like building a good mock that like mm -hmm. that I didn't really care about. Just because you know, if you dismantle if you take it to a convention, that means a couple months where I can't really upload because I'm packing it up. I'm moving, I'm setting up at the convention. And so it just, it wasn't as high as a priority of like getting the next project out. Well, maybe like when you accumulate enough parts, like a massive, like probably in a couple months, <laughs> you'll be able to keep like a set, like a, a mock up while you're building the next one to take it somewhere in your, you know, like a little bit of logistical planning mm -hmm. in that one. But like, I, I think like in, probably not right now, if you can't, if you don't think you can do it, but like maybe in the future, you'll be able to sustain yourself with the parts that you have without taking from that and then once it's displayed now it's this new mock that you finish is turned to be able to showcase and that one gets destroyed and put back in the collection and then you know i don't know that's just uh, it'll be cool to see these things in person um, yeah well it's funny I, you say that because i literally this was the first mock that i was like i should probably start keeping conventions in mind so i'm actually mm -hmm. and i've like you said i've gotten to the point where i have so many parts that like those two sections don't represent a huge percentage of my parts and so i'm thinking mm -hmm. about maybe keeping it built for a long time like i don't know yeah. however long i want 
and then maybe next year bringing it to like Brickfair Chicago or Brickwell Chicago. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. I was about to ask, like, are you going to Chicago? Can you pay then? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know that, that's one of the cool things, especially. It, I mean, it could also be content because you're you could sh- show it there, be on the Brickwell Poly, film it, so it kind Definitely. of shares you around. Um, but it, it'll be cool to actually get a live reaction. From you know your audience and or people just walking around the convention seeing it, uh, you know you'll gain you already have your notoriety, but you'll like you know your fellow mockers will be able to see your fellow like content creators will be able to finally see it. You know your fans will finally get to see it. Um, you know, and then all these new people, these ten thousand people that will show up in a day, will Google yeah. over it. You know, and that's like the best part, right? For anyone that's displaying anything is like watching the reaction of like anybody uh, like looking at something they've created right mm-hmm. as most artists do so you know I, I hope you're able to and I, i'm one day hope to you know see it but you, you mentioned something in there as well like you're very strategic in how you showcase your your mock videos um even the smaller ones so you have this formula that you that you use and i find it very interesting because you put in scripted what sounds like it's scripted if you're just talking out of nothing then hey good job on you but like uh, these sound scripted like you're, you're telling the story behind like the background of you know i'll just say chorus on for now but like you know whatever you're doing will it be uh, the commandos or like you know any specific clone or whatever you're like you just you, you give them a little background you get back into the building and then you know by the time it's done you give this like story about what's happening <laughs> in this mock and that's something that i'm going to be trying to do with my black falcons with my dioramas with those eventually when that happens it inspired me to be like oh i should take note of how he's doing because i actually and i don't really get inspired by a lot of people in the lego youtube world um so i found that very interesting and i'm not going to bite you but like i'm definitely heavily inspired by how you do that so you do keep in mind how like what you're going to record um and you do have these things right yeah, like uh-huh. lines, like because these lines that you say are funny. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that because that has been a big focus of mine. Because when I had my whole little uh, meltdown of like I need to be like TD Bricks or I'm gonna fail, I had to be like, okay, um, how like what what about him is successful, and then take that and apply it in my situation. And one of the things that was I really felt like made his video successful was just the entertainment of it. It was so entertaining, and I was like, okay, I can't do the edits. I can't sit there and record 50 clips and spend 40 hours editing together a video. I can't do the stop motion stuff. I'm, I can't do all those jokes. So my entertainment value has to be entertaining story. I have to put a lot of time into like creating a story that entertains people. Like that's, that's what's keeping them hooked. It's not the jump cuts. It's not the quick edits. It's, it's, it's like wanting to know what's happening next. And then mm-hmm keeping that story from going stale by throwing in little jokes. And I'm a very analytical person. So I have, and I have to unfortunately be like, okay, every two minutes I put a joke in, which I, I don't know, to me, it doesn't really sound like that's like a good way of doing it. Like it should be more natural, but mm-hmm. that's just how my brain works of like, I break a video down into different sections and I'm like, okay, this clip, if this clip has two jokes and this clip has one joke, and then I just go through and I see like, okay, each, section that i'm filming only has so many jokes but you put it all together watch it and it feels like there's more than there actually is because it's Uh kind of blended in with the story and so i also take a lot of time to sit down and like type up a story like you said i none of that stuff is on the fly like if i don't have a (laughs) script in front of me i i can't put two words together for some reason so i have to like write out everything so i take a lot of time and like sometimes i'll sit down like i do these what if style mock videos where i say like i take a what if like what if anakin didn't turn to the dark side or what if yeah, cody disobeyed and cody didn't yeah, yeah yeah exactly so like i'll i'll sit down and write the story first and really take wait some so time. you wrote that i thought that was fan fiction <laughs> no no that was me i i wrote all oh, that I, I didn't know i couldn't tell if that was like someone wrote that on the internet and you're reciting it or if that came out of your brain yeah but that came out of my brain it was cool yeah yeah <laughs> I, I sat down like i all of these stories like the the delta squad mock challenge i sat mm-hmm. down and was like People enjoy a mock, but people enjoy a mock with a story 10 times more because it creates this bigger image. Instead of seeing the little build, they see the whole world. They see the objective those commandos need to reach. And so I sit down and just, you know, take some time. And like, it doesn't have to be an amazing story. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. But as long as there's some kind of like greater story there of like uh, one of the one of the builds was like this little trash compactor one. 
And I was just like, okay, Republic, you know, I told this little story of like Delta squads breaching this factory. Mm -hmm. They've taken out the guard, just dis, dis, uh, disabled the camera. They're about to break in and do this stuff, which in and of itself isn't a particularly awesome story. But when you combine it with the visual of a mock, you suddenly have a much more engaging piece than if it was one or the other. And that's where I found like, yeah. I've really found my niche of like combining storytelling with mock building because I watch a lot of like storytelling videos. I'm like, I want to see this. I want to, I don't know, like I, I'm a very visual person. And so then now I can actually build the stories and kind of bring them to life in that way. And with that, like, let's use the, the Commander Cody one. Like you're, it's not like your mock is set and done throughout the story. Like you're moving them around, you're changing them up. Like in, so I remember watching that video while I was working, I was listening to you talk. And if I could listen to your video without having to watch it, then that means auditorily, like it's good. So, cause I hadn't clicked off by them. But yeah. then like, I, when I look over, like it's different. Like you're in my mind, I'm already like envisioning what you're saying in my mind, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Cause you're telling the story. But then when I'm looking, you're also like, I'm, I felt kind of bad. I'm like, wait, hold on. I got to rewind because <laughs> now you actually have a visual using the mocks, not just planted, like the figures are moving, you know, like they're in a different spot in a different photo. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's, like double, more credit. it's like double engagement in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got 120% of my retention on that video. <laughs> nice. um, so, but but you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what really, I think when I started noticing that more, I was really like, Oh, this is something cool. Like I, I don't see a lot of this with like in the mocking world. Like they'll just build their thing. They'll tell it, they'll tell it. And then that's it. Like they're not like going above and beyond with like the history of why you're doing it. I mean, obviously you're doing the process, which most of them do, but then the end game, like it's not just, I did this here. I did that there. It's like, no, this is this blah, 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 blah. And the storytelling is well written. So maybe you have a knack for writing. So I would keep I that in mind too. So it's a it struggle. Was well it's a well written thing. So if you're able to do that in a day, then you could probably write it off. <laughs> you really I don't think, I don't think I have the patience. A lot and of it do mock. <laughs> my, my wife, my wife is a professional editor and she's an author herself. So she like, She'll go through and like, you know, all right. Uh -oh. She'll be like, this doesn't make sense. Or like, this is another, <laughs> you know. So, so like, it wasn't like just me. I had help. She kind of helped. No, with like, as you should. I mean, my wife wasn't anywhere near an editor, but she used to like destroy me in college. <laughs> like, you know, you need someone to proofread your papers, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll give her my papers, my whatever. And then she'd just red pen everything and I'd hate <laughs> her for it. And like, but ultimately it gave me A plus papers. So like, um, you know, like that's kind of cool that you're, that that only makes your your content like even more of, of an advantage <laughs> when you have an editor that can like literally destroy your script to make sense and i guess it shows if you're mm -hmm. using it so good on you dude <laughs> thank you thank you it's so important to like recognize youtube's changing but like mm -hmm. not destroy who you are and what your channel is in order to change with it so, like Take how YouTube changes and adapt it to what you're passionate about and what you're good about. Because I, I sometimes I feel like I see channels lose a little bit of their personality in favor of going viral. And if at the end of the day, if that's what you want, that's fine. But like if you're confused and you're torn between those things, pick you and your personality over going viral. And it's you'll find a way eventually as long as you're taking the time to figure out like taking new things and applying it to what you're already doing. Wow. <laughs> I was gonna find another way to to kind of bring us down to the conclusion mill, but I don't think I can beat that. <laughs> that's just that's kind of been my very big. That's been my journey of this year is like learning to accept that and be okay with the fact that I'm not gonna go viral. I mean, maybe I will someday, but that's okay. Like I can provide a great experience for people without doing that and without sacrificing what I truly enjoy because I felt like. I just, maybe mock building's done. Maybe it's time to figure something else. And I was like, if I can't do that, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is what I am the most happy doing. And this is what I'm the most passionate about. So I'm just going to do everything I can to figure out how to make that work. To, to jump on that, I think longevity wise and the smart play is always based on personality. If you're aiming to be viral, you can lose out. You can die so quickly as far as your content. trend writing. Mm-hmm. So I, I follow people because of their personality. I stick around. I mean, Ryan Emmanuel is a 
great example. His content editing style is nowhere near TD Bricks, but people will follow him in droves because of who he is. And yeah. like he should be a, a testament to that. Same thing with Jang. Like his content isn't a TD Bricks, but people still go to him because not only he's an OG, but he, you know, like now he has his personality. I mean, we can we can name so many creators who are who we will like continue to watch your content because of their personality. So I think that's always a smart play. But I do want to say this before we we, we conclude is that you said in your, one of your late, latest videos that not every mock needs to be a complete masterpiece. And I think that's a perfect way to kind of conclude this episode because you just said it right there. That was like my, uh, that's kind of been my, I don't even know what the right word is. I've been very much crusading that for a while now because I didn't start doing mocks because I felt like I can't build a masterpiece right now. So I'm not going to do it. Or like, I don't have all the pieces I need, so I'm just not going to do it. And I realized like, you just got to start and not every mock you build is going to be incredible, but it's going to set you up for your next project to be even better than the last one. Well, I guess we just ended there, man. That was good. (laughs) Um, Is there anything you want to plug, say, share before we conclude? I want to thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I enjoy talking about this kind of stuff. And I don't have a lot of options to talk about it. So it was fun to be able to come on and just, you know, talk about these these kinds of things, a little bit more analytical side of things, the growth side of YouTube, the just what I've been learning, kind of what I've what I've been figuring out. And it was great to hear your guys' insights and your guys's I just I don't know. I really like what you guys are doing with your podcast. I think this is a great idea. And I think it's cool because you get so many different perspectives, you get so many different ideas and just Every week is something fresh. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to contribute to that in some way. You I appreciate awesome, you being man. the freshness this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Damn, with that being said, let's roll that music. All right, guys. Peace. Thank you, bro. Oh, man, that was good. Oh, I wish Claire was here. I love this. <laughs>